So, holy crap, USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Friday, July 1st. This is Locked On Hoosiers. What a seismic day this is. Seismic Day Thursday was as well. Man, we're your uh, one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. You can probably understand why I'm a little frazzled, because I still cannot wrap my head around the fact that USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten. Uh, Everybody's put out official statements on it at this point, and even then... It does not feel real. So uh, I had to have somebody come on and join me today to try to rationalize this one with me. Uh, my friend and yours, Jared Gasul. Jared, uh, I texted you this as soon as I saw it. I uh, did not believe it. And yet here we are uh, 12 hours later. Does this feel real still? It doesn't feel real, but you know what? I'm so happy for the uh, football players at USC who get to finally live the college football dream and play under the Memorial Stadium lights. I know it's what they've been looking forward to their whole lives. They probably didn't have scholarships available elsewhere in the Big Ten, uh, and now they get to play big-time games against the Indiana Hoosiers and Tom Allen. Good for these kids. He, I, there's so much to unpack here. I'm I'm excited for that first noon kickoff between IU, or not IU, but a Big Ten team and one of these, USC, UCLA. Uh, what would be a 9 a.m. kickoff for these guys? I, that's just going to be great. You know what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to, there's a lot to digest with this. First, let's talk about IU's statement on the matter, this is a great day for Indiana University with the news of the acceptance of requests from UCLA and USC to join the Big Ten Conference. Both are highly respected academic institutions that share our commitment to premier education and research. They also both have rich and storied intercollegiate athletic programs that will enhance the world-class opportunities that our Indiana University student-athletes already enjoy. Their arrival will strengthen the Big Ten's long-standing reputation as the preeminent conference in all of intercollegiate athletics. If this felt sudden, it's because it was. Uh, this Ultimately, this date mattered because June 30th was the last day USC and UCLA could inform the Pac-12 they intended on leaving the conference uh, if they wanted to avoid any potential financial penalties. Uh, that was from Matt Norlander of CBS Sports. Uh, the active Pac-12 grant of rights expires on June 30th, 2024, which is when USC and UCLA will join the Big Ten. Uh, this went from a rumor to real, a rumor to reality really quick. Uh, John Wilner, shout out to that man. Uh, Pac-12 hotline, he's a radio host. Uh, that man just had the scoop of his life on on Thursday because he's the one that tweeted it out. Uh, that's the tweet I sent to Jared. That is the one that I said it doesn't feel real uh, or it doesn't seem real. Honestly, 
I was recording Locked On Big Ten when this came out. We stopped in the middle of our recording to to read this uh, report, and we didn't cover it on that episode, on Thursday's episode of Locked On Big Ten, because we didn't think it was credible yet. By the time we finished the episode, it was very apparent it was credible. And this went from a report to uh, (laughs) the USC and UCLA informing the Pac-12 to a vote to a done deal in a matter of about, I don't know, 10 hours, if that, not even that long, to the Big Ten issuing a statement, IU issuing a statement. Obviously, I just read it. This is happening. Like, this is a done deal. Just what is your general reaction to all of this news happening inside of about, honestly, about eight hours? My instant reaction is I feel really bad for the uh, the production designers and the graphic designers who do the uh, Big Ten commercial where they go across the country, but it's kind of only in one area. Now they're all, you know, it's going to be hilarious just watching the graphic go from Rutgers in Maryland all the way to the Pacific Southwest. Uh, so apologies to those folks. But uh, my reaction is I just, I can't believe it. This is really but we're going to get into the negatives. We're going to get into the into the potential fallout in the long term. You know, we'll get there. But for now, the thought of Indiana basketball playing at Pauley Pavilion annually is so cool. The thought that every year you're going to get to go to either the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl, potentially both, um, is awesome. I mean, the traditions that those two schools bring i mean with the with all due respect to nebraska this is not bringing nebraska over from the big 12. this is something far different far greater far more it is so usc and ucla are so at the heart of college athletics um the pac-12 has been truthfully a little bit of a joke i feel like in in the two particularly in the two major sports in football and basketball um i i don't think their conference play is respected as much by either committee um and this is a huge look this is a huge step up for usc and ucla um this is not the mid-2000s pac-12 this is it's a conference that's again often overlooked and uh, again, to just be able to play these games against these historic, uh, I hate to call them franchises, but these historic schools, it's, it's, it's so cool and it's great to be a part of and uh, just such a change from, such a change from everything. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how Lincoln Riley responds to fullback dives. Uh, two out of every three plays, and and tight end dump off uh, little curl routes. So that'll be a lot of fun. That man in the span of about eight months went from uh, the Big 12 and whatever defense they pretend to play there to like three yards in a cloud of dust in Wisconsin <laughs> in in whatever November or October of of uh, the each season. So. Yeah, it's – I mean, the Pac-12 has been called the Conference of Champions. With all due respect to most of the schools in there, UCLA and USC was doing a lot of the heavy lifting in that uh, phrase. And now they are coming to the Big Ten. And you could have given me – I don't even know – dozens of guesses 
if you would have told me the big the Big Ten's expanding and they're bringing in two schools, tell me which two schools it is. I would it would have been dozens and dozens of guesses before I got to USC UCLA uh, for a variety of reasons we're going to talk about. But that doesn't mean like their their pedigrees speak for themselves. And as you said. I'm super excited for IU UCLA basketball games and just the the blue blood history of those two programs. I'm excited for de- different reasons that IU is actually going to go to the Rose Bowl at some point. Uh, not the Rose Bowl we all have joked about, but they're going to play there, uh, and that's going to be like surreal to see IU in the Rose Bowl. And it not be the 1960s or 70s or whenever they played O.J. Simpson there. It's going to be in 4K that IU is going to be at the Rose Bowl against USC. It's just such a a bizarre thought. It it still hasn't hit me. I'm not even real like the first wave hit me whenever USC I believe was the first school to put out on Twitter their official statement that they're going to the Big Ten. That's when I first was like, well, this isn't a report anymore. This is happening. Still hasn't really hit me that this is a done deal. There's a lot of caveats that are going to come with this. Uh, A lot of logistical problems that we're going to talk about because it's impossible not to talk about those when discussing this move. Before we dive into those, betonline.net is your number one source for all your sporting betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including uh, the Stanley Cup's over. Excuse me. MLB baseball is still going on. Uh, NBA offseason is in full swing. There's tons of future bets you guys can uh, bet on. BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Huge MMA card this weekend. You guys uh, can bet on. There's tons and tons of exciting fights on that one. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Be sure to subscribe over at YouTube. We put these episodes up there as well daily. They premiere at 7 a.m. Look, the reason... Like I said earlier, that if you'd given me dozens and dozens of guesses, I wouldn't have guessed USC and UCLA is because geographically this makes literally zero sense. Uh, These are as far away from the Big Ten as you can conceivably get. That is why for the longest time I held out that there's no way this is real. There's too many logistical issues to clear Ultimately, it doesn't matter. If, if you make silly money, I guess you can just do silly things. And ultimately, this conference is going to make silly money now. This is still the hardest hurdle to clear for me, even though it's a done deal, because while it's easy for football and probably basketball uh, to fly private and uh, just work around things like that, it's the non-revenue sports that just don't make sense. What do you? How are you going to... What are you going to do about a Tuesday night Rutgers versus UCLA women's soccer game? Like, that's a 25, 2700 mile difference. How do you how do you account for that? And there are potentially ways that you do that I, we can talk about in a minute. But logistically, 
how big of a of a concern is this, especially when you're looking at travel? I mean, it's a huge concern. They're kids. Look, they're just kids. They're not meant to do cross country travel um, and continue to be students. That's just not realistic. So, I, I have no way around this. I, I am sure that they have some sort of plan. I'd, let me rephrase that. I'm not sure. I'd like to think that they have some sort of plan um, whereby they can work around the academics and make things. I, I just, I really don't know. Uh, but that's a huge, look, that's a huge concern. They're kids, they're students, they're there as well to get an education, you know, as much as they are to play sports for the most part. It's, you know, it, it's definitely concerning. And I, I, don't know if the leadership at the Big Ten is uh, the most trustworthy brass to come up with a cohesive plan, um, but you know that's 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 out of my hands, and I would like to think that they have that. I mean, I would like to think that when they were going about these negotiations that there was some consideration given to the student athlete. But I think that the first part of that phrase is something they aren't nearly as concerned about as they should be. Uh, they are a lot more concerned about the athlete part of that and the money that's going to come from those football games, from those basketball games, than they are about the student part of that where, uh, I mean, there are ways to work around it. There's probably going to be like road trips, basically, for USC and UCLA. They're probably going to go out to maybe spend a week where you go to Rutgers, you go to Maryland, you go to Penn State, and then you fly back across the country. I, on paper, that makes sense. That's a week of classes you're not going to be at. That's a cross-country flight twice in one week. Like, There's a lot of logistics there that still have to be ironed out and i don't trust i mean does it feel like the students were just kind of the student athletes were just kind of an afterthought in this because this is insane travel of course i mean like look, the i the quote unquote ideal solution is to have a neutral field somewhere in the middle of nowhere where no one has to travel too far uh, that's going to put you right around Utah, Colorado. That's not fun. <laughs> that's not fun. No hope you're the Obviously, that's not a real solution. But no, it just... Look, I, I'm not going to be super critical of it because everything happened so... Everything came out very quickly today. But decisions like this are not made in one day. Um, there were obviously negotiations. There's This has clearly been a lengthy process that has been kept under wraps for a very long time. Um, so I'm not gonna be overly critical yet. Uh, again, this doesn't happen for another two years. I would hope that more details will come out in the following days and just right now we can kind of soak in the enjoyment of it. But obviously in the back of your mind, you know, you're hoping that there is a plan there in place. The the reports were that USC and UCLA had been researching this for months, which, yeah, like you said, this doesn't happen in a day. Uh, and the news might have come out in an eight-hour window, but that's not – this was months and months of research and negotiations, as you said, to make sure this was viable before we got to what was ultimately, I guess, D-Day on Thursday. So I would hope I can kind of 
maybe put some trust into the athletic directors and the head of the commissioners and whatnot that they have student athletes best interests in mind this is the same leadership groups that formed the alliance which the idea seemed to be to not poach player or schools from one another and the alliance is dead uh long live the what would it have been about 10 months uh if that august of last year till june 30th of this year that the alliance lived on really thought that one was ironclad those handshake agreements i can't believe those didn't work out uh the obvious solution to this is divisions and bringing more schools with usc and ucla from the west um again that's what everybody has assumed all reporting so far as we're recording this late thursday night is that nobody else is coming now there's again two years before this that deadline existed that we we talked about that june 30th deadline if anybody else leaves a pac-12 there's financial penalties so uh they're i i don't know how willing they're going to be to leave but in theory you would think that bringing whatever pac-12 schools you want to name uh would make sense because then you have a more west coast division and you limit the amount of cross-country travel and then the east coast division um maybe you bring in a kansas in the, in the middle ground or poach some schools from the big 12 as some type of middle ground in there i'm not sure but i know right now that uh it logistically it just doesn't make sense right now to have this much travel uh but i mean the latest report from the la times um ryan cardi I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Multiple sources tell the LA Times that no other Pac-12 members are expected to be added to the Big Ten at this time. Oregon, Washington, Stanford, etc. will not be following USC and UCLA. So, I don't know. Uh, we will see. There's a lot that can still unfold, but that's a that's my biggest concern right now. Is that is is look? Is, I'll just ask the question: Is the natural conclusion at the end of the rainbow, whether that rainbow be in three years, five years, ten years, is it two mega conferences? Is it the Big Ten and the SEC? That's that's the end game, right? I mean, that's that's the only way this ends up. Uh, that I mean, the the quicker you want to fast forward to that, yeah, maybe you add some more of the West Coast schools, and then there's a domino effect of. Uh, I the Pac-12. I don't know what they do after this because you just lost the two like anchors to your conference. They're gone just in a blink of an eye. Yeah, and look, it's, it's the same with the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve's in the same place where they're losing Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, that that was the big domino that started this whole uh, that started this whole thing. Looking back at it, I mean, look, you know, the Big Twelve back in the day when they lost Missouri and Nebraska. They were fine. They, they, you know, those schools you could, I hate to say it, but those schools you could survive without. You can replace those. They did it with, uh, who did they, it was TCU and someone else. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I can't remember. TCU was one, but yeah. They lost A&M as well, which was a big loss, don't get me wrong, mostly for the rivalry aspect of it, not because A&M is um, great. You know, they're not a U.S. Um, They're not an Ohio State, but I, I mean, is the, it looks and feels like the natural conclusion at the end of all of this is 
two mega conferences. And then the question honestly becomes, would it stop there? You know, what happened? What if they form a, a super, you know, a, a super league? Does IU get left out of that because they don't bring in the football attention, even if they're a lead in soccer and baseball and basketball? Uh, you know, maybe Mike Woodson wins us nine titles and that's enough. Um, you know, I, I don't know what happens to the you know, the scare. The good thing about being in Indiana's position, from a Hoosier's perspective, is that we are in the Big Ten conference. We are not. We are the conference that is being joined, not the conference where other people, you know, where people are leaving. Um, we're not the sinking ship. We're you know, we're the life raft. I I just don't know what this means long term. I don't know. Of course, we don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, it's going to have its pluses. It's going to have its minuses. But I, I don't know where this leaves Indiana at, at the end of everything. Because if you have two leagues, you know, what is – everything feels very, very saturated. Rivalries have dissipated and disappeared. You know, we'll obviously always still hate Purdue. But, you know, in a 20-team, 25-team conference – do you still really care about going to Assembly Hall and playing Illinois? Do you still, you know, just going to Kinnick and playing Iowa and does that matter as much as it does now in 2021, 2022? I, I don't think it does. And that's the thing that bothers me the most that that's being left out of these conversations. Yeah. I mean, the good, like you said, the good news, where are you in the big 10 and we're not, whoever you want to say the in the Iowa State in the Big 12 or Cal in the Pac-12 because both those conferences are looking at very grim futures and this was 100% a retaliatory move to Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC and that's just what this is going to be back and forth until there's two conferences and they're going to try to circumvent the NCAA because that's a, that's how they get the most money so this has a uh, everybody knows what the conclusion is ultimately going to be. It's just the road we're going to take to get there is how long. But right now, it's a, as interesting as a uh, ride as you can be on. The reason this is all happening is money. And not a coincidence that I, uh, the Big Ten is negotiating a media deal that is about to shatter all other media deals. We'll talk about some of the specifics and what this could mean for Indiana, for all these schools involved here in a moment. So we had talked previously, uh, back in, I believe, around April, about the media deal that was coming. Uh, it was actually mid-May, um, and it was going to be a record-breaking deal. This was going to be the deal, the first one, um, to clear a billion dollars annually. That was before you add... USC and UCLA to dominate the Los Angeles market. And now I don't know what number you put on this media deal. We saw on Thursday reports that Apple's ears suddenly perked up again and they came running back to the table uh, with Apple TV plus or whatever to start negotiating again. You're going to get a lot of that. And the big 10 played its hand right in this regard because uh, Fox owns half of the media rights. They're going to rake in the money. They already have a pretty good foothold out west anyway. Uh, so they're going to rake in the money. And then 
it is going to the highest bidder, this new super conference uh, with USC and UCLA, whether it's ESPN, whether it was NBC who had gotten involved, whether it's Apple coming back to the table. We've seen what they've done recently, buying the MLS rights and having MLB rights. They're interested in getting into this market. Uh, whether it's any number of places, Amazon, whoever it is, is going to get involved. And like I said, you're already looking at a billion dollars annually. You're going to go well, well clear of that at this point. How big it gets, I'm not sure. John Wilner, who again initially reported this, said that USC and UCLA could top $100 million annually in media rights, which back in May, there were reports that said the Big Ten could double the annual distribution of $54 million per school. Um, Gary Barta, Iowa's athletic director, uh, super powerful athletic director within NCAA, refuted that, said that's a, a kind of a fantasy number. That is not a fantasy number anymore. And if USC and UCLA are coming in with that expectation, that feels very real that each school now is going to get, I think you can pretty safely say north of $100 million each year. How ins- That just feels like an insane number. I don't know what you I can't process a number that large. Honestly, I, I can't process a number that large. Um, and look, like we were talking about earlier, you know, these deals aren't done overnight. You know, whether there were inklings, you know, going on in those negotiations that led to those leaks with that $1 billion number, um, who knows? I, I, I mean, all of this stuff happening behind closed doors, obviously happening behind not just closed, but very securely locked doors. Uh, just leaves us all in the dark here, just guessing, but uh, it's an enormous number. I mean, I don't, I, I, it's hard, look, it's hard to process, obviously, because um, you, on the other side of the coin, there's, you know, the Pac-12 network, which is going to, we all know what's going to happen there without USC and UCLA. Um, another side, you know, another side is the SEC network bringing on Oklahoma and Texas. You know, we're getting more money, of course, as part of this Big Ten package. But look what's happening around the country. You know, this is this is going to kill a lot of schools and their athletic budgets. I, I think we need to like take a very serious thought about that. Is that a lot of these athletic budgets? I mean, I remember. God, I don't even know how long ago it was, but I think it was Stanford had to cut one of their swimming programs or something because they were you know, they weren't getting the the income that they were before. I mean, what happens now to their athletic programs when they you know when they're taking in less income there? What happens in the Big Twelve? I know it's not the Big Ten thing, but what happens in the Big Twelve uh, to to Kansas State, who probably relies a lot on on these budgets and these these big incomes? I, I mean, it's 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 a scary thought. It's a really scary thought, and the natural outcome feels that a lot of these schools are almost going to be like begging to be let into these conferences and going to get almost no income because they have no negotiating room. Um, I, I I don't feel good about it. Let's just let's just put that on the table. I don't feel good about that. Um, obviously, again, Indiana being in. A life raft and not on the sinking ship will probably be fine. They will probably have their numbers locked in and will make their way towards the top of the conference um, just due to that income. But 
again, great thing for Indiana, uh, big picture, uh, not, not feeling worried about it across the, across the NCAA spectrum. There, this was this is really bad for the Big 12 and Pac-12 because this was going to be a domino effect of the Big Ten was going to no- negotiate their media rights. Um, the Big 12 was going to follow. They were going to kind of see what I what the Big Ten and IU were going to do and kind of judge it off that. And then the Pac-12 was going to follow that. This all back in August, uh, I still think, was even before Texas and Oklahoma had uh, announced that they were going to the SEC. So a lot has changed in that. And now, like you said, these schools that um, have built up programs reliant on these huge revenues of these media rights and the money they get through that, they're going to have to go into negotiating without, without Texas, without Oklahoma, without USC, without UCLA, They've lost all the power. So, yeah, they're going to be knocking on the door. And I'm sure there's a lot of Pac-12 schools that now are aware of the reality of the situation and are going to be knocking on the Big Ten's door and say, hey, you need you need us because logistically that travel is not going to work. And that's probably the only negotiating power they have left is that you need us to make this work geographically. But that's all they have. And they're not probably... I would be surprised if they got a fair shake of the deal. Everybody in the Big Ten gets a fair shake now, but a lot's about to change, as we can tell after Thursday's news. If you look at the biggest markets in the country, uh, the Big Ten is in six of the top seven, kind of. Uh, New York, that's why you add Rutgers, theoretically. Uh, I don't know how much that actually works, but theoretically. L.A., they are going to dominate. Uh, Chicago, they dominate. Philly, they control. Um, They're not in Dallas-Fort Worth, obviously. San Francisco, they have as good of a footing as anybody's going to have. And then D.C. with Maryland, they control. So that's part of the reason why they made this deal, to get that L.A. market and control so much of these uh, televisions and, and what's going to be on your TV. So it's going to be... Interesting to see what this new media deal is going to look like because, like you said, this isn't something that just came about out of nowhere. The Big Ten's been having these discussions. They know what to expect now. I don't know what you do with with north of $100 million. Theoretically, that is a plenty of money to be buying uh, private jets to be taking these kids around uh, the country. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. You almost had me there. Theoretically is the key word there. That's plenty of money to buy these private jets to take these kids around the country for these non-revenue sports that we talked about. Delta economy. Yeah, that ain't gonna that ain't gonna happen. Um, so what do you do with this hundred million dollars? You're gonna there's gonna be new stadiums and arenas built, and new practice facilities, and they're gonna trumpet this around as oh they they are gonna build things for the student athlete while still sending them on five, six-hour plane rides across the country on a weekday. So there's just such a dichotomy with what's what's going on. You're making so much money. And theoretically, again, that's the word I'm going to keep throwing around because there's no other reason for this not to be the case. You have the income now to try to better take care of these students. It's not going to happen. There's going to be a lot more commissioners and athletic directors pocketing money and they're going to be buying head coaches at a much higher rate 
coaches' salaries. You can guarantee coaching agents are salivating now because they know that they can demand a lot of money from these schools. So, I like you said, it's a hard to fathom number: a hundred million dollars annually just from media rights deals. It's hard to really grasp that number, but that's where that's where we're going, and that's what's set for us. I'm as intrigued as ever to see what this new media deal is going to look like because the numbers are going to be hard as hard to wrap your mind around as the fact that USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten. This is the start of the Super Conference era, like you said. Um, it probably started when Oklahoma and Texas joined the SEC, but if it didn't then, it, it has now. And that is the state of college athletics. And as you were saying, it's only going to get probably worse from here in that regard. Again, it's great news for Indiana. They're securely in this. Um, we'll see what is in store moving forward. I'm still, it, again, it's this dichotomy for me too because I can't wait for this first IU-UCLA basketball game or like you were joking at the beginning, for USC to have to come to Memorial Stadium on a Saturday at 3 o'clock in front of a half-empty Memorial Stadium. like It's going to be funny, and I look forward to it, but the end of the day, that's a ton of travel for these athletes again and again. So it's just such this odd dichotomy that I have with looking at this situation that I don't know that there's a, an overall right answer to. you have any kind of final thoughts or anything about this? Yeah. Um, there's no one doing these dominoes. There's no, we've, we've officially, I, I know technically, and history will look upon it saying Texas and Oklahoma was the turning point, and it was. Um, but it, it sort of felt like there was a little bit of a staring contest where everyone was just looking and saying, okay, things look still, things look stable, maybe we can you know, sort of keep the status quo. And I, I just cannot believe how quiet this was kept. In, in 2022, when everything is leaks on social media, when there's when there is someone whose grandmother's brother's best friend's cousin's niece's nephew uh, it, it was it works as an intern at the Big Ten, I, I I mean, and leaks it on Reddit. I mean, I cannot believe that nothing was leaked, nothing was said, and I I, I guess begrudging credit to the Big Ten for and, and to USC and UCLA for, for keeping the uh, for keeping the veil on. I will say the one thing I really feel bad for and I really don't want it to get overlooked is how bad I feel for these Pac-12 teams because they they got absolutely cold cocked here uh, on the like you said on the deadline today was the last day. Uh, nobody had any preparations for this, and because of how quiet it was kept, I, I can't. I imagine if if Washington State or someone in the Pac-12 had gotten rumbles of this, they would have leaked it well beforehand. Um, so I, I just I feel really bad for those schools, and I don't think they should get left out of this conversation because they are really in the cold now. If Texas and Oklahoma was the turning point, this is the point of no return. Like yeah. this, there, there's no going back now. We, there is one destination we're headed for at this point. It's a, it's a wild one. Uh, what a twist and a turn that I absolutely did not expect when, uh, even when the day started, let alone when the week started. Thanks again, though, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. 
We'll be back on Monday with who knows what. I'm not going to make any promises now because who knows? Maybe at the start of the day there'll be even more uh, conference realignment talk. Oregon State and Minnesota will have joined as a school. <laughs> they'll, be playing, they'll be joining athletic programs and playing together. Exactly. Who knows? I'm not going to make any promises right now. We'll figure it out next week. Uh, but uh, like I said, go listen to Lockdown Big Ten. Uh, there is plenty to talk about over there. Um, keep you guys up to date with what your team is going up against at Locked on Big Ten with Nate Dickinson. I was on Thursday's episode. It does not talk about conference realignment. I apologize because that hit us right in the middle of it. Uh, Friday's episode, today's episode is talking about that. So uh, head on over there and make that your second listen now. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast real quick. Leave that rating and review. Helps us out a ton. Most importantly, though, guys, have a terrific Friday. Have a great holiday weekend in LEO.